Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. Work. We all do it. Whether it's to make a living, earn a diploma, or just simply to keep our yards looking presentable, there are tasks that we do day in and day out to tend to the world around us. Quite literally, to work is to exert effort directed to produce or accomplish something. But how should we approach work as followers of Jesus Christ? In Genesis 2, we read that God put man in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. But what does that mean? Throughout the Old Testament, including Genesis 2, the Hebrew word used for work is avad, and it can actually be translated in several ways. Yes, in a traditional sense, to work is to labor. However, this word can also be translated to mean to serve or to worship. It's a word that's used to describe the tilling of a field or the tending of a garden, but it's also used to describe those who minister to a king or those who are compelled to worship. Many of these terms are actually used interchangeably across different Bible translations because in the Hebrew language, they are so synonymous with one another that they can be hard to differentiate between when translating to English. As followers of Jesus, our work shouldn't just be a means for survival. It should be synonymous with the ways that we worship and serve God. If we could create our own English word for avad, we might call it workship. In this series, we'll hear stories from individuals who are actively viewing their work as a means of serving God and advancing his kingdom. We all have a job to do. Whether we're clocking in every morning or raising up little ones in our home, God calls us to do that job as service unto him. When we view our work as worship, we're ultimately redirecting the glory back to him and hopefully, in turn, inspiring others to do the same. Cliff Herter worked at Calvary Homes for over 40 years. For the majority of those years, he served as the executive director, and at the end of 2022, he stepped into retirement. Cliff really viewed his role at Calvary Homes as a ministry, and he sought to be intentional with the relationships he made, both with the residents and the staff that he worked with. Today, he's reflecting on his tenure at Calvary Homes and speaking to what it looks like to transition well through life's changes. So without further delay, let's jump into my conversation with Cliff. So Cliff, people may have seen your name recently in the bulletin because you just finished your tenure at Calvary Homes. Yep. So you have been in retirement for how many months now? Four months now. Four months. Yes. And are you enjoying it? I am very much enjoying it. It's just so much more relaxing, less stressful. Yeah, I probably went through the hardest part of my career just you know, the past three years because of COVID. Sure. And that's made a significant difference not having to be concerned about that. Yes, I bet. Yeah. 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 So other than your time at Calvary Homes, which is what we're going to be mostly talking about today, where have you been involved here at Calvary Church? Where might people know you from? Uh, Mostly as a deacon. Um, More recently, as well as on the nominating committee. I've served many years on the nominating committee. 
And then uh, over the past 14 years, I was 12 years on the deacon board. Wow. Uh, you can go six years. I had to be off a year. Then I went, they brought me back on for another six years. And okay. uh, so that was a great experience uh, working with a variety of men in the different ministries of the deacons and just their heart to serve was uh, just a wonderful blessing to me as we worked together. Yeah. And the deacons are made up of, well, I, I should say within the deacons, there are several different committees. Yes. So which ones did you work most closely with? Well, majority of the time that I was on the deacons, I was the chair of the deacons. Okay. So it was pretty much just leading them as they were in charge of the different, like benevolence, uh, finance, um, widows. Communion is one. Communion was yeah. one, yes. And uh, at that time, facilities, bereavement. Okay. Um, things have changed over the past two years since I've been off, but there's more of a focus to the members of the church, okay. which I think has been great and not as much just necessary the buildings or whatever. So Sure. Yeah. So in the last two years since you have been off of the deacon board, where have you been? Where have you been serving? This is my second year again on nominating committee. So, sure. you know, I jumped right into the nominating committee for these past two years. That's pretty much where I have been most of the time. Okay. With my mom and my father-in-law being at Calvary Homes, we give them a good bit of attention. Sure. And uh, so that has kept my wife and I busy during those times as well. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's really important for people to hear too, that your family is your ministry too. Yes. Like you can serve your family and serving doesn't end outside the church. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm looking to get back and involve some more in the church and uh, we just love it here. We've been here for 47, 46 years and mm. just seen some great changes along the way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So as I mentioned, you recently retired from Calvary Homes. Can you explain what your role was there, how long you were on staff, and what your day-to-day -day looked like? Sure. Um, so I was there 42 years. Mm. Uh, I first started as business manager. Okay. I had just finished my college degree, and the business manager position opened up and um, started our first computers back in 1980. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the computer was the size of a big desk. But then uh, after four years, um, I got promoted to the nursing home and personal care administrator. Okay. At that point in time, uh, George Baumgartner, who was a member here at Calvary Church for many, many years as well, had been the administrator. And he saw gifts in me to want to trained me to take over for him when he was going to retire. He retired in 1988. So I served four years as the administrator of nursing and personal care, and then got promoted to the president's CEO position in 1988 and served in that position until I retired this past December. That's so, amazing. Yeah. A lot of changes over those years, building, increase in residents, increase in team members, um, different challenges with regulations, yeah. just the whole gamut of, you know, when you're dealing with people, you've got government really looking over you. But it was just a joy to serve there, especially, you know, the mission of Calvary Homes was to serve believers. Mm. And we always tried to keep Jesus Christ at the head of everything we were doing. Yeah. And fortunately, over all the years, you know, we always had a significant number of residents that either served on the mission field, served in Christian schools or, you know, Bible colleges in a variety of ways. And so that was just a joy to be able to know that we could care for them, had a place for them to come and enjoy. Right. And some of them who most other places they'd never be able to get into because they didn't have the funds and we would you know, help them to be able to live at Calvary Homes. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, can you explain the connection between Calvary Homes and Calvary Church? Sure. 
So way back in the early 60s, 1960, 61, a group of members of Calvary Church um, were feeling that there was a need for a Christian retirement community. Mm-hmm. The church had, of course, many missionaries out on the field, and I think some of them were starting to get ready to come back from the field. And they just thought, let's see if there's a need not only to help them out as they come home, but also you know, for others in the community or around. And so uh, there was a group of people that got together and determined that there was a need. And the church gave the blessings of that group. The church didn't want to be connected because um, I think they just wanted to make sure their ministry continued on, especially missions. And so that's, you know, the group of people. Actually, they had a piece of property over in Bowsman that Lois Bowsman had given to what had started up as Calvary Fellowship Homes. And unfortunately, some of the land was taken by intimate domain by the school district of Lancaster. Mm. So they sold that land and had enough to buy over off Esben Shade Road where Calvary Church was at the time. And uh, so that was a real blessing for many, many years that I, I think more for our residents to be able to rock right across the street and go to church. But that's how it really began. And, uh, you know, we've always felt a bond with the church. And um, of course, I would probably say just a little bit less than 50%, um, at least as, as a couple of years ago, of residents came to Calvary Church. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. A majority are between Calvary Church and Westminster Presbyterian Church. Okay. That's where a lot of our residents go. But then there's a lot of good other churches around that, that they've come from as well. So Sure. Yeah. And when Calvary Church moved from Esben Shade Road to Landis Valley Road, what mm-hmm. happened to that building? Okay, so for a while, the church rented it. Um, there was another church that was renting it because I think they were building a new one. Okay. And uh, we had been in negotiations with trying to purchase the church. And um, finally, I think it was around 2002, 2003, when we came to an agreement for a purchase price and uh, bought the property. And then after that, developed the whole property. We did keep um, what was the education building okay, and uh, made that into an apartment building. And then everything oh. else we put on cottages. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. So can you explain, there's probably a lot of people out there, myself included, who aren't familiar with how a nursing home works. Okay. So you mentioned cottages. Yes. That is, I'm assuming, independent living. Yes. What else is offered for a wide range of people who have different needs? Okay. So us, like many other retirement communities here in Lancaster County, we're continuing to retirement communities. That means we offer anything from independent living. At Calvary Homes, we had cottages and apartments, different sizes of each. And then we had personal care. Okay. And within personal care, we also had a memory loss unit. Okay. So for those that who didn't need nursing yet, but had significant memory issues, we had a separate area for those folks to live and to meet their specific needs. And then you had skilled nursing care. Skilled nursing care is when you really couldn't care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And they provided 24-hour care, just a lot of assistance needed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So many people would, of course, would come into the independent living and as they aged or had health issues would transfer into personal care or nursing care as they needed it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just temporarily, someone falls, breaks a hip, they go into nursing, get rehab, be able to return to their, you know, we were all for promoting wellness because we want to keep people as independent as long as possible as we all would want to be. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What a blessing that is for people to know that they have a place, no matter what their needs are, that somebody is going to be there to offer them care for their needs. Yep. That's so special. Yeah. 
Yep, yeah, it is. Well, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead here. I would like to ask a little bit about your personal story and background, even before you came on staff at Calvary Homes. So when you were graduating from high school mm-hmm. and kind of looking towards what was coming next in life, what were your future plans and what did you end up doing post-graduation? I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. <laughs> that is so fair. And I think so relatable for yeah. so many people. Yeah. I was growing up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. My dad, we had just moved there when I was a sophomore in 1970. And um, I started working at a grocery store. So I decided, hey, that's, you know, it was a good job. It was good paying and um, not what I wanted to do for my life, but it gave me a good stability of, of income. And so I started it at college. It was a Camden County Community College. So I drove back and forth. I did that for two years, worked full time, went to school full time. Then I decided I'll go for my degree in business. Okay. Couldn't go wrong there, business and marketing. Uh, Still didn't know what I wanted to do. But then over the next number of years, I went was still working full time and started at Glassboro State College, which is actually now called Rowan University. But then in 1975 is when I met Carol, who ended up being my wife. We got married in 76. And we, you know, I was still going to school. She was a nurse. She graduated from nursing school and was working at a small retirement community there right near Cherry Hill. And um, Carol's dad at the time was director of Hilltop Ranch, okay. which was a teen camp, part of Morning Chair. And the year we got married, they decided to move up to Lancaster to work at Lancaster Bible College. Okay. And so every other weekend off when my wife didn't have to work in the nursing home, we would come to Lancaster and visit them and fell in love with the area. So we decided, well, we're going to move to Lancaster. She knew she'd get a nursing job. I got a job at Stoffers of Kissel Hill to be a produce manager while I was still finishing my degree. So we moved here and started coming to Calvary Church and have never left it. We've always loved the ministry here. And then I was at Stoffers for two and a half years and found out in the fall of 1979 that the business manager position, as I talked about earlier, was coming open, and that's when I went to there. So okay, yeah. So you went from produce to business manager. Yes, that's a pretty big shift. It was yes, yes. I was enjoying the grocery store, but retail gets really busy. You know, all the holidays, and I had to work a number of evenings, and we had already had our first child in 1978. Okay, and you know that time away, I was working about 50 hours a week. That was kind of what was required at the time. Sure. And, um, you know, that was a little more time than I wanted to be away as a young family and to go on from there. So, yeah. 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 So what made you decide to pursue business in college? I guess my dad was an insurance salesman, very, very successful commercial insurance salesman. I knew I didn't want to be a salesman. Okay. Um, That wasn't really my bend. I'm a little bit more of an introvert. Okay. And at the time, trying to think about going out and knocking on doors, so to speak. So I thought, well, really, retail was a good place to get started. Um, That's why I did marketing uh, Mm -hmm. with management in my degree. But, you know, I I really believe the Lord just led us to Calvary Homes. My in-laws were good friends with George and Jane Bob Gardner. And, of course, George was the administrator at the time. And the Lord just really led the whole way of, of leading me for the opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. So really, like you said, God just opened up the doors. He connected you with Lancaster through your in-laws and then opened up the doors to be the business. You said the business manager, business manager. Correct, correct. at correct. Calvary Homes. Yes. And I'm sure at that point you never expected to move into the role that you moved into. That's correct. Yeah. What made you decide that this was the ministry that you wanted to dedicate your life to? 
you know, I, I, again, I think it was just a desire that the Lord gave me uh, to be a part of that ministry of Calvary Homes. And we always considered it a ministry yeah. because of the people we were serving and how we wanted to serve them. I just got a lot of joy in it and getting to know the residents in their stories. Oh my goodness. Mm. You know, I can still think back of many residents who served on the field and how the Lord just led them through many, many different situations. Yeah. And there was a real purpose of making sure those folks could enjoy the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. So you just fell in love with them and all that was going on, which gave me a lot of purpose in, in my life and what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. We love stories yeah. around here. Yeah. We think that it's so important to tell stories because it celebrates the work that God's doing. Yes. How have some of the stories of the residents impacted you personally? I would say just because of their faithfulness in the fields that they served, a couple of uh, ladies that I remember, one served in India for many, many years. In fact, she, she used to come to the Calvary Church Missionary Conference when missionaries gathered way back, you know, in the... 80s and, and 90s, and just to see how the Lord just led them. And, and both of these two ladies that I can remember, one was down in South America and then this other one in India, they were single. And what the Lord did through them and how he just guided them day by day and all their decisions that they needed to make and the impact they had for Christ, you know, that just gave you a real desire. You wanted to make sure they could finish their life well and, and enjoy it. And if they had difficulties, that they had a secure place to be able to, to live for the rest of their life. You know, it's something you, you have to experience. You can't really explain how it changes your life. Right. And, and that was just, that was just a phenomenal part that I could be able to be a part of. Definitely. And I'm sure it encouraged you to, to want to be intentional about the decisions you were making in your role to be faithful in what God had called you to do. Yes. And, and, you know, through that too, and I think it helped develop my, my leadership style was a servant leader. Mm. Okay. And I really think that that's how Christ served. And if I could be a servant leader and be an example for the team members there, that the residents would see that I, I really did care for them and I could really care for them more as being a servant leader. Yeah. One of the other things that I attempted to do was to know every single resident by their name and every single team member by their name to give them purpose to know that you know, and I, I, I really did. I didn't do it just because it was an exercise. It was because I wanted to know them and I wanted to make an impact upon their life. Yeah. And I believe, you know, that's what Christ was really looking for me to do. So, you know, they could see Christ in me through what I did and how I did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how many residents and how many team members? When I left, there was about 360 residents okay. and probably about 190 team members. That's a lot of names. Yeah. The, the only ones I usually had to struggle with were the ones who were on 11 to 7. Okay. Because I didn't always see them as often as I probably should have. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think it made an impact upon their lives for me to be able to, to know them and who they were. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so challenging for me. As somebody who struggles to put faces and names together, I am very challenged by that. To be able to look somebody in the eye and ask them a question using their name. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, you know, I, I feel the Lord just gave me that gift to do. Kind of reminds me of uh, Eric Crichton. Yeah. Because, you know, many people, and he still does a great job of, you know, how well he knows people's names and who they are. And, you know, even to this day. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that challenge. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, having been in your role for over 40 years, I'm sure there was a lot of change 
that came. It was. So can you talk about what changed over time and maybe also how that grew you? So physically and building wise, we continue to look where could we expand more because we knew the growing population of those that would be looking and, you know, particularly the past five years with baby boomers getting ready to retire. Right. But the needs of the residents and their changes. So our nursing center, we still have the same building, but after the last expansion we did that was about three and a half years ago, privacy was such an important thing to people. You know, the hospitals have been going so much more private rooms. Majority of our rooms at the time were semi-private, mm-hmm. and I just really felt we needed to go more private. And so we did a total flip of semi-private rooms to private rooms. Again, with people retiring more, just expanding in cottages. Calvary Homes is pretty well landlocked. Mm-hmm. So we were, we've been buying homes in the community. Okay. And as they were homes that we felt were very useful for mostly ranchers, because usually when you buy two stories, as people get older, stairs get harder. Sure. Um, but we, we've bought a lot of ranchers along the way, and we've gone up uh, with a couple of our apartment buildings, again, to expand the apartments and, and gone out. So th- that's been a significant, just so we can continue to grow the ministry and, and more people to come in. Changes, certainly regulations have changed a lot. Again, as you take care of people, the government has a lot of oversight. And with a lot of reasons why they make regulations is because there's some people out there not doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And we've always had wonderful inspections by federal government and state governments. But because of problems that happened in the field that we're in, I understand that. But, you know, that, that was always a growing concern of their changing regulations and everybody having to change. People, you know, the people... They've always appreciated what we've done. And with me being there as long as I was, there were a couple different generations that went through. But the different generations, until getting to baby boomers now, they all have different wants and needs. And you need to learn how to navigate their wants and needs. I used to share with the residents when we had uh, big meetings all together that I was dealing with senior seniors and junior seniors. Just saying there's two generations that were living at Calvary Homes. And how do you meet those? Because the older folks, they were happy with what they had Mm -hmm. and appreciated it. The younger ones coming in, they appreciate it, but they wanted more. And you, you just have to learn how to go with those changes to be relevant with all the competition that's in Lancaster County as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't just a Calvia Homes thing. Lancaster County is blessed with a tremendous amount of wonderful retirement communities. Mm-hmm. So there's competition. Sure. You know, so you have to keep up with the competition as well. Yeah. Yeah. Change is something that can be really hard. Yes, it is. How do you navigate through being sensitive to the world around you, the things that are changing, whether it's in government or with different generations, and how do you be sensitive to the way that the Spirit is leading you through all of those changes? Okay, so one of the things that we never wavered was our stand for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, we always wanted to be, and I'm using these words, obviously, because of the way some other communities do, and this is nothing against them, but we wanted to be very intentional that Jesus Christ was first in our ministry of Calvary Homes. Mm. And we didn't want to just be Christ-like or a, a faith, but we wanted to live it out day by day. Yeah. So that we never wavered from. There have been changes in regulations that at one point in time, years ago, 
we used to have the statement of faith, our statement of faith on our application for residents to come in, and they would have to sign that statement of faith in order to be accepted into Calvary Homes. Okay. Okay. Regulations have changed, fair housing, understandably. So there was a time we had to discontinue that, which was a long discussion on the board, but we were intentional about keeping our statement of faith on the application. Okay. But we put it at the very end, so it was before people signed. So if we were questioned about it, people were signing before that. They agreed to everything they put in prior to that. But we wanted to have them know who we were and what we stood for as they came in to be a resident. Yeah. Okay. And and I would say because most of our people coming in word of mouth, our residents who really appreciate our stands for Christ would pass it on to some, hey, you know, I'm living here at Calvary Homes and this is what I'm feeling and seeing and we really feel this is wonderful for us. In fact, I can remember when we built the new cottages on the old Calvary Church property, there was a missionary couple. He had said this directly, and then when we did a capital campaign, he shared it as well. But he and his wife visited seven or eight other retirement communities. And their decision to come to Calvary Homes was because they wanted to live with people of like faith. They knew they maybe could have a mission field in another community, but knowing that as they were going to age and have needs— that was the environment that they really wanted to be in. And I think that was just a great testimony to what we were doing at Calvary Homes to serve uh, the people that Christ was sharing, bringing to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you been encouraged by the stories you've heard on Pursuing Life? God is doing a great work in the lives of his people. And we know that there are still so many stories to be told. Many of the stories you've heard on Pursuing Life have been told as the result of someone else's encouragement. At times, it's easy to recognize God at work in our stories, but other times, we need others to remind us of the good work they see God doing in our lives. So whether you have a story of your own or a story you want to encourage someone else to share, we invite you to submit those stories at calvarychurch.org slash share a story so that we can continue to celebrate the work that he is doing in, around, and through us. As we do that, we not only give God glory, but encourage each other as we pursue life in Christ together. When you had to remove that they had to sign the statement of faith, then did that open up the doors for some people who were not actively following Jesus to become residents? It it could have opened. You know, I think for the most part, we've continued to see believers come in. Okay. Yeah. Every once in a while, there would be somebody who would not. Yeah. But there was always the respect as to how we ran Calvary Homes. Sure. And keeping it as a testimony for Christ that there was never any kickback or anything on that nature. Yeah. So, yeah. But then what another open door to be able to minister to, to people others. of different backgrounds. That's right. Yes, yes. And and that's always a great opportunity that we continue to have. You know, you, you trust when people are signing something that that is what they're believing. I'm sure that probably wasn't always the case sure. because they wanted to come to Calvary Homes mm-hmm. and uh, the, they signed it. And, and, you know, we have to just go by what people say that they believe right. and, you know, not question them. Right. And uh, so I'm sure there were some people that probably still are people there that, you know, don't believe in our statement of faith and, and that's okay, but we want to live all peaceably together. Yes, yeah. exactly. So what you're saying essentially is even in the midst of change, the one thing that does not change is our faith in Jesus that's right. and the way that we live that out. That's right. Yes. Amen. Yeah. 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 That Isn't was, that so true for all of us? It is. Yeah. And that was just so important that in my leadership that 
I wanted to make sure that stayed that way. And I'm thankful for Dale Weaver, who's taken on as a new, as a new CEO, that he's committed that way as well. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask you about your transition with Dale and uh-huh. how did you navigate through your transition out of your role? And then what did it look like to bring him on to transition him into your role? So, of course, I had nothing to do with hire. Sure. Okay. There was a committee from the board that worked with another organization to help uh, do the search. So I found out when Dale was going to be hired. Actually, back probably, I think it was last June, Dale and I had lunch together. Really? Just, it, it had nothing to do with him looking at the position. Right. But he was just, you know, he was at Landis Communities at the time and just wanted to find out what was doing. And of course, many communities continue to look at each other saying, hey, how can we do something better? And can we do something together to save money? And, you know, all those kind of talks continue to go on. But then I found out in, um, I think it was September maybe, that he had been hired okay. just before the announcement was made. Sure. And um, from my time of that lunch with him, I was impressed by him. I was impressed by his walk with the Lord. And I thought, wow, this is going to be a, a wonderful fit for Calvary Homes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course, then the board made the um, announcement and Dale and I got together, had some pictures taken that, that helped to make the announcement. And I appreciated the way he did all that. And then he started on October 31st. And the way he laid it out to the board or the board laid it out to him, I don't really know. We had two weeks together. Okay. Okay. But then, of course, I would be available. My actual date of retirement was December 2nd. Okay. Okay. So after my two weeks, I cleared out my office. Dale took over. And we've had meetings periodically because he says, you know, hey, how come this is being done this way? Or, you know, I'm trying to learn the different things. And I had the 42 years all in my head. Right. Some of it written down, a lot of it not. <laughs> and, you know, that's the way it is. But I am more than willing to help him whatever questions he had. And we, so it's been a good transition. I thought I was going to have a harder time of transitioning out of not working. Because, again, you know, that, that was second home to me. Yeah. And my wife and I were very involved in everything that was going on. And so I thought, wow, to go from something to almost nothing is going to be a change. But I've just been thankful to the Lord of, you know, I haven't been super busy, but I've had goals I put forth in January and February, and those have worked out well. And so I have gotten into a good transition as to praying for Dale, praying for Calvary Homes as that transition continues to go through, because I'm sure it will take for a while. But my my mom lives there, my father-in-law lives there, and so, you know, I still have a lot of people that I see, and I try not to get any involved into what's going on because I don't want to in any way interfere with, with Dale. Right. Yeah. But your relationships with the people there don't need to change. No, they don't. And, and that's what I miss the most, really. I don't miss the work. I don't miss the stress. Yeah. But I do miss all the friendships and the people that I know for many, many years. I bet. I bet. But what a blessing that you can still be involved in the community in some way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're celebrating our 60th anniversary this May. And so, um, Calvary Homes is having a banquet here at Calvary Church. Okay. And I've been a part of that committee to help with arrangements and putting things together, which has been a lot of fun to do just because of, again, my history there. And we're putting together an extension on our timeline as to when we had the 50th anniversary, we put a timeline together on a big canvas and adding to that now is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful milestone that is. Yep. For those out there who are listening, who may be in the middle of a transition or approaching a transition, what would be one thing that you would say to encourage them to transition well? Wow, that's a big question to ask. <laughs> I would probably say, first of all, you need to just 
leave it with the Lord. You know, I, I had to do that. After I was out of the office, you know, I still had on my mind, oh, how are things going? And, and you just need to leave it with the Lord that the Lord knows best of what's going to happen. Yeah. And so I think that's what people need to continue to do. I also needed to, I, I didn't have hobbies other than my family. <clears throat> that's a big hobby, but, you know, and watching the grandkids do things and so on. So I needed to kind of readjust my whole when I start the day. And, and I've gotten in a, into, I'll call it a routine. I, it, it's, it's more than just that, but I have learned to transition my mornings well and just doing some things around the house more than I did during, I'll say, nice times. I, I always enjoy outside okay. and, and my yard is one of my joys to do. Yeah, uh, It was kind of a a stress reliever when I get home from work, if I, you know, I enjoy keeping a good yard, doing a garden and things like that. So th- that's maybe a hobby of getting ready to transition to do that this time of year. But I'll need some things to do. I know that there'll be some time. So I'm, you know, we'll be looking at some, maybe some volunteering here in the next couple of months. I was going to a, a um, career coach for last couple of years before I retired and in discussions with a career coach, you know, he suggested, don't do anything for four to six months. Just kind of get a breather. You may feel like you've got a lot of things you're not doing and, you know, what's your purpose? But that time is good just to kind of decelerate into what your life has been. And so that's been good, too. I've actually been enjoying being able to do so much more with my wife. You know, when you live busy, busy, sometimes the evenings are just so tiring. You don't do anything. But that's been a, just a real new joy in my life as to what Carol and I can do together during the daytime, we can just pick up and go someplace if we want, shopping or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is allow yourself to try new things. Yeah, it is. So I'm looking forward to what's further ahead because I really believe that uh, the Lord will use me in some other ways uh, along the way because of my experience at Calvary Homes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. When you look back on your time at Calvary Homes, what would you say is or was the best part? The people. Always the people. That's what we were there for, to serve them and to help enjoy their retirement years. I could always look past the bad times, the bad things that, you know, the difficult times, I should put it more that way, because we knew we were serving people who just love the Lord and they appreciated what all of our team members were doing for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I still miss the people because, you know, it's just the conversation you could just have any time of the day as to what's going on in their life. Yeah. So, yeah. What in your time there was the most growing, personally, professionally, and spiritually? So it's kind of a three-part question. Okay. Personally, I had to grow because of my new responsibilities. Yeah. And, and I mentioned earlier, you know, I was more of an introvert. I had to learn how to get up in front of people. Uh, as business manager, I was responsible for giving financial updates to the residents on a regular basis. And the Lord just helped me to learn, grow through that. Most people wouldn't know I'm more introverted because I can get up in groups of people as long as I know what I'm talking about or have some kind of an outline. I love it. And I always loved talking about retirement living and nursing and because many people now are going through those uh, needs with their parents or grandparents mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I had many in our ABS before, hey, my mom's going through this. Yeah. What do I do? How do I navigate this? And, and I'm happy to be there. So I can do that now personally more as well. But that's how I grew personally. And, and just as the business part of Calvary Homes grew, you just had to continue to learn more things. And I think through that all, spiritually wise, I just had to depend on 
Christ more and more all the time because mm-hmm. of the challenges um, that were coming before me on a changing basis, on a regular basis. Professionally, it was just great to be able to expand at Calvary Homes to be able to have more people come and enjoy it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just, it's interesting looking back. Some of it I just can't remember. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, but just to know the Lord was there every step of the way. And I had great team members to work with, to collaborate with, that had great talents to be able to give guidance as well. So, yeah. Well, I have two final questions for you. Um, before we jump into those, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to touch on? I have a wonderful family. We're blessed with three kids, all married and seven grandchildren. And two of the families live probably just a half a block from us. So they can come, you know, especially the grandkids can come by anytime and visit with us. Uh, my son lives right over here by Calvary Church. He's the furthest one away. So that's only about two and a half miles from where we live. What a blessing. It is. It is. And with, you know, with our parents, well, both of our parents were here in Lancaster. My dad died uh, over 20 years ago, but Carol's dad living at Calvary Homes, my mom living at Calvary Homes. It's great to see that they're cared for, but we can come in and enjoy time with them. And in fact, we just had a birthday on uh, Sunday for my father-in-law. He turned 93. And the high majority, we had 48 people for a birthday party for him at Calvary Homes uh, to help celebrate. And, you know, we do that for all of our parents. And and, uh, it's, it's just wonderful to be able to do that. And everybody's pretty close to be able to come. So, and, you know, to being a, a testimony for my grandkids is it's just a, a great challenge that they would see Christ in me, that I can have fun with them, and um, that they would appreciate that you know I wanted to invest time with them. So that's yeah. that's just the joy of of life now or the grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you've transitioned out of working full time doesn't mean that you don't have any less purpose because oh, my. your purpose just shifts. It does. Talk it about does. change, right? Yeah. <laughs> change and transition, but purpose still stays the same. So how special that you have all of them around and you can pour into their lives. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My second to last question for you is how have you seen your work advance the kingdom of God? I would really say that with all that we continue to promote Christ at Calvary Homes, trying to encourage the residents through that. And many say getting older is not a lot of fun sometimes, <laughs> you know. But to to encourage them to, you know, the Lord has a purpose. You know, there's some people who say, why am I living so long? And it's really, say, you know, the Lord's still using you then in some way, whether you're just being able to pray, mm-hmm. you don't know what people will appreciate in your prayers. And that's what hear so much from people who are getting old. I can at least pray for people and the needs that I see and hear. And that's just great to, you know, there are so many prayer warriors at Calvary Homes that make a real difference when we maybe don't even see it. You know, they may not see the results of their prayer, but they're faithful to God in praying. Mm. Um, so, you know, on the side of when I worked at Calvary Homes, that was such an important part to making sure people still felt their purpose. And again, as people aged and couldn't do things, that was sometimes discouraging. But, of course, you know, I, I think we need to continue to remember the Lord has a purpose for everything. He's in control. He's sovereign. And when we keep that in our minds, that's what we need just to keep doing. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. How did your career impact your pursuit of life in Christ? I think every day as I got up, and just serving the people, uh, making sure that we provided services that were being done well, that I could encourage our team members. And over the years, there were some that came to know the Lord. That was really cool. 
Uh, I've got to say, you know, mostly because of the chaplains that we've had. Yeah. But when you would see a life change of a team member and things we could do to help them through that process was something you don't don't really see happen too many times in just, I'll say, normal business. I can't comprehend or, or make the comparison with other companies just because all I know is Calvary Homes. Right. But to know we could do that on a regular basis and have an impact upon the team members. And when some were struggling, just to be able to reach out to them and say, you know, we're praying for you or we could do something monetarily. Or if, I, I remember one of our team members had a fire at their house and lost quite a few things. And mm. the team members just really got together and pulled some money together. And they had heard what this person really would like and got enough monies to, to buy what that person really wanted to mm. help move forward. And, and, you know, that goes back years ago, but we continued that on where we could to help out each other out and yeah. help them celebrate whatever was going on in their life. So that was, that was such a great part of, you know, and a lot of people transitioned in and out uh, as team members, but to just really help them to hopefully see Christ. I, 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 we used to do orientation of new employees and I was part of that orientation and I could always, I would always share the story of Calvary Holmes Mm -hmm. that, you know, we trusted in Christ for everything that happened. And I can remember one of the team members says, but I'm a Muslim. And, and I said, you know, that's okay. We're glad to have you here, and I think just to know that who that person was, I could be more trying to make sure I emulated Christ when I was before them. Yes, um, to see if they saw anything different, you know. And we knew we we had a variety of different religions at Calvary Homes, as everybody does. Sure. But how could we make sure that they could see Christ in us? And again, that was part of my servant leadership that I felt was so important to do. That hopefully they would see that in me. I, I was not always one to express a lot, but to be an example of Christ. Mm, so, yeah. yeah. Well, Cliff, thank you for the example that you set for the legacy that you left for your faithfulness to the calling that God had on your life. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us today so that we can be encouraged as we continue to pursue the calling that God has on our lives. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us. It's really been a pleasure, Monica. Thank you for having me. I was so struck by how much Cliff spoke about purpose. His story is a reminder to all of us that no matter where God calls us for however long and no matter what season we're in, our purpose still remains. Praise the Lord. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Pursuing Life so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great week.